Turn, if you would, to Romans, and we'll start here in Romans chapter 8. I want to pick up, last night was a little bit about authorization, the night before a little about the glory of God, and he started the book of Acts in power, he'll finish it in power. And the cool thing about the finishing of it is he wants to use everybody. If you'll notice a little bit of the thing of, of both the times I preached at night was it's, it's to utilize your life. There has been an investment in your life, and God wants to pour through you to be a blessing to this generation. Uh, I, you know, I love Benny Hinn. I love Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin's in heaven. But Benny Hinn's not here in Boise. You're here in Boise. You know, everybody kind of wants someone else to come bring a move of God. You create your own move yeah. of God. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's just the way it ought to be. I like what Wesley said. Let God set you on fire. People will come watch you burn. Yeah. Hallelujah. We have a fire pack out there. It has a book. Of, uh, 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 it has that guarantee on it there to set you on fire. And it has some matches in there. So if the word doesn't get you, you can set yourself on fire. Amen. <laughs> Because you want people to, to see that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. So, so let's pray and we'll get right into the Word. Father, we're so grateful. Grateful for everyone that came tonight. Thank you for blessing them. Father, we have a comprehension that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. We have a comprehension of how radical the inheritance is that we have. And we take hold of what Jesus left us. His wonderful name, the Word of God. We thank you for all of these benefits in Christ Jesus so that we can walk in our full potential and so that we can reach as many people as we can. We thank you for blessing this state that, that uh, Idaho is blessed because of Life Church. Boise is blessed because of Life Church, Lord. So we thank you for the rest of this year, Lord, all the, the families represented. Bless their families. Bless their households. Bless their jobs. May it be a marked year, 2011, for increase and overflow in every area of their life. We thank you for a heightened awareness of the presence of Jesus, that nothing would satisfy other than Him. We thank you for it, Father. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. And, Father, as we go into these truths, we know Jesus will be magnified, exalted. He'll be lifted up as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And, Father, we will leave with more of a reverence for Him, for He gave His life for us. So we honor Him. We magnify Him. We lift up the name of Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, King of kings and Lord of lords. So, Father, we're grateful, grateful for all that you have done the last ten years. But, Father, we look into the next ten, and we thank you for a, a, a blaze of the glory of God for souls to be swept into the kingdom. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said amen. amen. Grab your Bibles there, and we'll turn to Romans, and we'll just see how far we go. Uh, Romans chapter 8, look at verse number 1 there. We'll start there, and we'll get rolling. It's page 199 if you've got a Bible like mine. Hallelujah. Verse number 1 of chapter 8, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now that's gotten confused over the years. He's just saying there's no condemnation when you're, when you're not walking according to your senses. You walk according to your senses and you feel condemned. You feel like you don't measure up. That's why I try to say this in every service. Let's don't be moved by how we feel. Don't be moved by what we see. Let's be moved by what the Word says about us. Amen? So here he says there's, there is no condemnation. You have, you have no condemning sentence against you. And it's kind of weird that that keeps trying to be cloaked on the church, that God's mad at you or frustrated with you. And, and uh, if you're living according to the flesh, you might feel condemned. But let me tell you, that there is nothing held against you. There is no barrier between you and the Father. And that's how Jesus was able to access His walk as He walked because there was no barrier between Him and the Father. He said, me and my Father are one. It wasn't like He was going to the Father going, let's hope, hope we can pull this off. Let's try to walk on the water. No, He's like, hey, Father, let's go to the other side. So uh, we, we can see some things in the epistles here that put all of us in that position to function just like Jesus. Okay, John says, 
I'm not going to preach on this tonight, but the epistle of John says, if you say that he's in you, you will walk even as he walked. So in other words, in the epistles we find out that we're not only the temple of the living God, that he's made us like him. So we can cooperate with him. We're on the same language area. Hallelujah. So here he said there's no condemning sentence. I like that. To those that are in Christ Jesus. How many of you are in Christ Jesus tonight? Amen. So there's nothing hanging over your head. You say, well, you don't know about my life. Well, you don't know about my Jesus. You know, because people will try to, they'll try to present their life ahead of how powerful the blood is. My friend, he started you off perfect, holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. I like that unreprovable, that no one can charge anything against you. They'd have to go against Jesus' blood. Wow, that produces boldness, that righteousness. Remember Noah was a preacher of righteousness? He said, in righteousness you'll be made to stand. Righteousness produces boldness. Why? Not because you feel like you've done something right. It's because of what Jesus did for you. It makes you confident to enter into the throne of God without going, oh, Lord, I can't do this. But wow, hi, Dad, how's it going? Hallelujah. So let's look at this chapter. This chapter is going to show us how to walk in the power of God, walk in the glory of God, walk in the Spirit of God to where it's a part of our nature without trying to get somewhere. We're already there. Hallelujah. So go back if you would. Grab your Bibles there and go back to verse 2. He says in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath past tense made me free from the law of sin and death. I like this. He said the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it makes you this way. It makes you free from the law of sin and death. I like operating in some laws that are superior to some Mickey Mouse laws. Amen? I mean, just like on the way here, I don't understand the gravity that much, but I just know that it works. Like if I'm on this step and I go like this, I instantly fall down. I don't have to pray about it. I don't have to study about it. That law just works automatically. Well, on the way here, I was in an airplane, and you know, you may get, we were on a little jet, but you know, may get on those triple sevens or whatever, and you look out and you go, holy cow, how is this going to get off the ground? But there's enough thrust that the air goes over the wings. It's called the law of lift. I used to think that it pushed the wings up, but what it does is it goes over the wings and pulls the wings up. It's called the law of lift. Even though I don't understand it that well, because I'm not uh, too technical, I understand this. It works. It works every time. I don't get in the plane and go, oh, may the law of lift come through this time. Because <laughs> this won't be good at the end of the runway if the law of lift doesn't come through. So, so you're, not, you're not like whining about the law of lift. It just works. Gravity works. Law of lift works. Here he said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it makes you this way. It makes you free from the law of sin and death. I don't have to pray about it. I don't have to wonder about it. It's so powerful, I'm free. Hallelujah. So then he goes through in this chapter and shows you what that produces. It produces a walk in the glory of God. It produces a walk in the miraculous. It produces a walk just like Jesus walked where we're not trying to attain it somewhere. It's your nature to function from that place in God. Because that law works every time. Hallelujah. It's absolutely powerful. You see when Lake operated in it, he began to uh, put his hand on that guy that had typhoid fever. Remember that? Had a big fever sore about 11 inches round. And Lake walks in, they pull the sheet back, and he's got all this raw flesh there with maggots all over it. How gross would that be? And Lake said, not a problem. Put his hand on that, that typhoid fever sore right there. Put his hand and said, I, I command this thing to die in Jesus' name. Use the authority of the name of Jesus and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It quickened that man. He got a telegram. He took a train back to where he was and there was a black charred imprint where the life of God had singed the man's skin like he branded him. 
Hallelujah. Well, you know, he said, well, how do I get the law of spirit of life to work like that? He'd stand in front of the mirror every morning. God lives in this man. 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 My friend, you, uh, God has a mobile home in you. You're a mobile home. You're a mobile throne. So you are the carrier of this glory. Come on now. So here in Romans, he's going to tell us some things to do. You'll notice all the scriptures try to push us somewhere to function in what we are learning about. Rather than just go, well, that's really cool for so-and-so. Every verse is to get all of us to do it. Not a few, all of us. So let's go and read through some of these for just a little bit, and I'll, I'll sing something off my greatest hits album before we go. Praise the Lord. <laughs> all right, let's run down a little further. It says in verse 5, They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Well, we don't want to do that. But they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. You're here on Wednesday night, sir. You're hungry. You're tending to the things of the supernatural. You're tending to the things of the Lord. Tending to things of the Holy Ghost. Let's go a little further. He says in verse number 11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. And there's so much here, but you can, you can learn the laws of the Spirit. You can tend to the things of the Spirit, and then you can learn to the point that He's so in you that it quickens your flesh. I mean, if you look that up, the origin of that means that He, he makes alive every cell. I mean, how many would do more work during the day if you weren't so tired? Two people, praise the Lord. <laughs> well, I'll come pray for you. Here we go. So what we want, we want to be able to do more. That verse tells you you don't have to be tired anymore. Amen. That you've got a nature in you that quickens your cells. I like that. I like that. When I got, I got something in me that supersedes flesh tiredness, I've got the glory of God that quickens every cell in my body. Woo, giddy up. Hallelujah. That'll make a Baptist preach. Come on now. You talk about an infomercial, you can get on TV, never tired again, watch this. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Got something radiated on the inside of me that quickens my flesh. Now, that you obviously have to take care of your body. You need to rest. But my friend, he wants to make it when you're, when you're rested and ready, you're, you're so alive that you're not dependent on your own energy. You're walking in the strength of God. You see, Jesus, when he was transfigured, man, it freaked them all out. He walked up and showed them the real deal. That kingdom so powerful, it couldn't be contained in his flesh. It began to radiate through his hair, through his hands. And when John saw him, he said his, his hair was white as wool, eyes as a flame of fire. Peter saw it there on the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, we've got to build something. Hallelujah. When you, when you see that power, how radiant it is, it's time to build, time to do something. Hallelujah. So it will do that in you. It quickens you as well. Let's keep moving because I'm, I'm not where I want to get. I want to keep going here. Here we go. Go down to the next verse there. Verse 13. If you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you'll live. Well, here the Spirit will even help you put your flesh under. So you're not motivated by your flesh. You're motivated by your Spirit. Hallelujah. And, that, and that's the way to flow with God is to not be ruled by this, but to be ruled by this. And we know that. Let's keep moving. Look at the next verse there. Verse 14. For as many... As are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now there's a progression here that he takes us from learning the laws of the Spirit, tending to the things of the Spirit, you're quickened of the Spirit, and then he gets so radical to say that you, you can be so to the point that you, you begin to be a, a, a blessing to the body because you begin being a son. I mean, Lauren, our daughter's 23, and, uh, you know, I never came back from a trip when she was 7 or 8 or 9, walked in, and Lauren goes, Hey, Dad, I'm going to take care of the house payment this month. I mean, I just would have fell over, you know what I'm saying? But if she's 45 living at home, I'd expect things to be a little different. Right? 
Well, see, our group has heard and heard and heard and heard and heard and heard and heard. Well, there comes a time where there's a progression that we're so lending to the things of the Spirit, learning the laws of the Spirit, so that we're led by the Spirit, and we follow the Holy Ghost rather than our flesh, and then He says something happens to you, you become a son of God. Now, you're born a son of God, but we don't want to be walking around with a bottle. We want to be walking around functioning like Jesus. He said you can get to the point that you're led by the Spirit. Sons of God are led. That is their unction. That's their, that's their M.O. is to do exactly what God wants them to do. Hallelujah. So all of a sudden we start pulling our weight as opposed to everyone having to pray for us. We're being a blessing everywhere we go. All right, let's keep moving. Let's run a little bit further here. So glad you came. How many glad you're here? You're not in jail. Come on now. You better be in jail, at church than jail. Praise the Lord. Never been to jail, but I'm just assuming that. Hallelujah. Verse 15, for if it, you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, this is so cool. You could preach on this for years. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit, and it's called the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Yes. Now, this doesn't mean a lot to our culture, but in the Jewish culture, if you have a son and he's born of you and he ends up being clueless, you can say, you can disown him when he's 13. He's a moron. Goodbye. But if you adopt somebody, you're stuck with them forever, yep. even if they're clueless. Yep. Oh, come on now. And here, you, you've received a spirit of adoption. Wow, he's adopted me. He's stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, hallelujah. Yeah. So you haven't received a spirit of fear, but you have received this, that nothing can separate me from God. Yeah. That, that he's adopted me, so I have a place with him. And all these things are leading up to a walk that we'll get to here in a minute. All these little verses are leading up to show us that we qualify to function with God, to walk with God, minister just like Jesus. Let's go a little further. Look at the next verse. Next verse there is verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, why is it some preachers, you know, is, it's not they're needy, but they, they want an amen or whatever. They're wanting people to bear witness. All he's saying here is that amen means so be it. I believe it like a rock. When you say, am I really adopted? Am I really a son? The Holy Ghost goes, Amen! He's instantly giving you that, that proclamation of, you just start thinking you're like that. He's right there, yes, that's what you are. Jesus puts you in the family. In the next verse, he tells you what happens here, verse 17. He says, and if children, then joint heirs of God. Joint heirs with Christ. Wow. So he's talking about a progression. You learn the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That it supersedes everything. Woo, it'll rule the universe one day. Hallelujah. And here you're the forerunner of that rulership called the kingdom of God in you right now. Remember what Jesus said? He told the disciples before he went to the cross, he said, hey, when you get near people, tell them the kingdom of God's come nigh unto them. Wow. Just get close to somebody and they're getting near the liberty and the power of the kingdom. Boy, I like that. Hallelujah. All right, let's go a little further. Look, look over the next few verses there. Let's go over to verse number 20. Well, look at verse 19. The earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. And he says in verse number... Well, I'll skip down to verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Talking about the curse. Look how cool the, the earth looks even under the curse. You know, it's, you have beautiful sunsets or whatever, but we're longing for that to be different. So let's go a little further. 
He says in verse 23, And not only they, talking about the, the earth, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits, are the down payment of the Spirit. Even we within ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to it, the redemption of our body. Now if you stop right there, you go, Well, you know, I guess I can't walk in the Spirit until I get my glorified body. I, I guess I can't function like I ought to until I get my glorified body. This whole chapter is about don't wait until you get raptured and get your glorified body to function in the full measure of walking just like Jesus walked. Because in John, he said, if you say he's in you, it will change your walk. I do like to say this. I can't believe Aerosmith had it figured out. Walk this way. You, what, is, what is that walk? Amen? It's walking just like Jesus walked. So here, this whole chapter in Romans is about, hey, he's done this for you. You're, you're a son. You've been adopted. You have the laws of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You're led of the Spirit. You're tending to the things of the Spirit. So the Holy Ghost in your life should be a part of your nature to cooperate with Him so that when you're ready for a move or a change or whatever, you have heaven's influence all the time. As just like Jesus. They didn't have enough food, no problem. I'll pray over it, I'll multiply it. They didn't have wine at the wedding, no problem. Uh, the, wine will, will, the water will turn to wine. To where every situation, you don't lean to the flesh, like how do I figure out how to pull this off? You start leaning straight to that book and you command and use your authority and you're walking in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, you know, most people think this chapter is about, well, if you can learn not to sin a lot, then you can step in that river and you can walk in that glory. How many of you today, and I can't, I'm going to get somewhere here in a minute, hang with me. How many of you today tried to commit murder? Just raise your hand if you tried to murder somebody. <laughs> Hopefully nobody, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, how many of you today just sat, sought out today, hey, I'm going to commit adultery? No. I mean, well, raise your hand if you saw, said today, I'm going to commit adultery. <laughs> We don't want any of that. So, but most people aren't trying to sin. This is not about sin. In Jesus' mind, sin is taken care of. He's talking about learning to yield to the Holy Ghost to where you're not yielding to man's way of doing thing every time. Because Jesus never yielded to man's way of doing everything. He said, you know, I've got a supernatural walk here. Oh, you need to pay my taxes? No problem. Go fishing. I mean, that, that's a radical mindset. The mindset we have is, okay, how do, I, how do I work this out? And the Lord's like, hey, I'll show you how to do this walk. Now, hang with me. I, I was preaching in a church up in, um, wow, where was I? Oakland, Iowa. It's in a cornfield. You ever been to Oakland, Iowa? Uh, there's a stop sign that goes like this. It's a big church. I think you guys came there. I can't remember. You guys came to Oakland. How cool is that? Peter and I should. And isn't that her church in a cornfield? There's a stop sign right there, and some people miss the stop sign and have hit the building. Like they get so, they get so caught up in the, the, the drive in the cornfields, you know, and they kind of fall asleep, run right through the stop sign, and bam, right into church. It'd be kind of weird to show up Wednesday night. Wham! Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 5, you know. <laughs> Use the door, buddy. Come on. To the point they had to add extra rumble strips because people kept falling asleep because you get going down that, that road and it kind of puts you to sleep. So years ago I was preaching in that church and on the way to church I had a vision. And it's okay for me to have vision. I'm a young man living in an outpouring. I think Pastor Mark's been having dreams. You know, he's, he's stepping right on over. Isn't he? I'm sorry, sorry. But, but I had this vision and I saw the pastor. He was flying an airplane. It was a, a Cessna 210, an overwing airplane. And in, in the vision, he's flying this airplane and he lands uh, uh, the airplane in a runway, takes this outline out and a young pastor walked up to him. In the vision, he walks over to this outline. He goes, I'm going to try to help you not make some of the same mistakes that I may have made. And that was, I was like, wow, how cool. So the next thing you know, he, he gets back in the plane, flies to another airport. I see the runway. It's different, different concrete. And there's cracks in it where they've tried to repair it. Another young pastor walks out and walks, and he takes that same outline and says, hey, I'm going to try to help you 
not make some of the same mistakes that I may have made. Next thing you know, he flies to another place. And next thing you know, boom, I'm back in my car. Thank you, Jesus. I haven't run into the church. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> while I'm having this vision, I'm still driving, you know, so I'm just glad I didn't hit anybody. Hallelujah. So I get in that morning and begin to preach a little bit, just trying to wake everybody up. You know, the traveling guy's trying to sound an alarm. I do have a helmet with a siren, but I didn't bring it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I really do. Hallelujah. God, God got it for me. But anyway... Uh, so I'm trying to wake everybody up, and at the end of the meeting, in the meeting, I looked over the pastor. I said, hey, man, I had a, a vision about you on the way here. I said, you'll have your own airplane. I said, you'll fly around to all these pastors around here, and you'll be a blessing to them so they make some, don't make some of the same mistakes that you may have made. And he just kind of looked at me. I said, you, you'll use it like a car, man. It'll be so cool. I said, I saw a Cessna 210. He just kind of smiled. He got up after I finished. He said, what did I say from the platform last week? He said, I'll have my own airplane. I'll fly around to these churches, and I'll be a blessing to these young pastors. Didn't even know he was taking flying lessons. Didn't even know he was getting ready to fly. About two years later, he sent me a picture of the Cessna 210 and put it on my refrigerator. Now, now, see, God wants to intensify the will of God for that church right there. But see, in my flesh, if I yield to my flesh, I'm not sharp enough. But heaven wants to go, hey, this is the destiny on this church. And I'm not going to wait for my glorified body to start flowing from that realm. I'm going to start flowing from it right now. And that's what this whole chapter is about. You can be adamant about accessing the glory of God. Now, I wasn't begging like that on the way to church. It's just I think like this all the time, so whenever God wants to do something, He can do it. I've got my authority, and I'm going to walk in the glory of God. I'll give you another one from three weeks ago. I was getting ready to go preach in a camp meeting in Champaign, Illinois. And uh, I was getting ready to go to Champaign, and we were having this camp meeting with uh, you know, Dave and Regine, all these guys. And we were in a church. Uh, a young pastor was putting on the camp meeting. So I have a vision about an older pastor that I'd preached right around there in St. Joe, Illinois, right before I went to the meetings. I had this vision. I saw that pastor. Uh, he's laying on a uh, hospital bed. I see the hospital table swing around like that. And on the table is a bottle of pill after pill after pill after pill after pill. And they said, you know, you're going to have to take all these pills the rest of your life. I didn't know what was going on. I just had that vision to stop. And, I, and I, I thought, wow, I'm getting ready to go preach in this camp meeting. And that guy's not even the pastor of the church. So I went to the camp meeting and began to preach. Preached a little bit. And I looked over and there were a few people from that man's church that came to the meeting. I said, hey, how's Pastor Larry doing? They said, oh, he's doing good. And then after one of the services, a guy came up to me and goes, hey, Pastor Larry has been going through a test uh, physically. I said, well, what happened? He goes, oh, all kinds of stuff and didn't really have a chance to tell me. I called Pastor Larry. I said, dude, what's going on? And uh, I said, wait a minute, before you, before you say anything, let me tell you what I saw. I said, I saw you laying on a hospital bed. I saw that, you know, those little tables that come out you get fed by. I said, there's pills lined up, the whole table. And they said, you're going to have to take them all your life. He started screaming. He said, you know what? They found cancer on my kidney. They took my kidney out. They told me I'm going to have to be taking these pills all the rest of my life. But the cool thing is, they checked his kidney the other day, and they said there was no cancer at all in his kidney. And they go, we don't know why we took it out. He goes, they need to put it back in. <laughs> Amen. But my friend, God wants to do some things that, that, that from this realm. Jesus functioned from that realm when he's choosing his disciples. He walked up and there's Nathaniel. He said, indeed, as an Israelite, whom's no guile? And Nathaniel goes, how'd you know that? He goes, before you came over here, he said, I saw you under the tree. And then he kind of freaked out. And Jesus goes, that's no big deal. I'm functioning from a whole other place. Hereafter, you'll see the heavens open and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Now, this is our destiny before we get a glorified body. I, I'm not waiting to get to that place to start cooperating with God. I'm going to use the truths in the epistles to give me boldness to function like I ought to function. So let's read a little bit more and he'll, he'll show us how. He'll show us how. Let's go a little further. Watch what he says here. 
In verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. That just means inability to do things in the flesh that we don't understand or know because we're limited. But God's not limited. Hallelujah. So we're, we're, we're learning to access Him more rather than access what we know. So he goes on here and says, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercessions with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So you know what this is. This is praying in tongues. So if we want to walk in this realm in Romans 8, he just talks about exercising that part of you that accesses that realm more. He talks about praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, years ago, people preached on it a lot, but there is something to praying in the Holy Ghost that gets you to where your spirit, man, is, is a little bit more attuned than your flesh. Because we, we spend so much time exercising our flesh, it's time that we start exercising our spirit. Because there is a walk for all of us to do right here before He comes. Now, hang with me. I'm almost to my message, I promise. We'll get there in a second. It's, it's really good once I get there, but I'll get there. We won't go all night, praise the Lord. Remember John Osteen said, He who preaches short shall be heard again. So... I want you to come back. Hallelujah. This is the last night. Here we go. Pizza will be here at 9. Let's go. I was preaching in New Jersey. Ever been to Red Bank, New Jersey? Ever been to the Newark Airport? It's demonic. Demonic. The, Newark Air- <laughs> the Lord's not into it. So, so I get there and go through the Newark Airport, and uh, there's nothing easy. You know, it's, just, it's, just, it's just not good. So I fly all day to get to the Newark Airport, get, to my, you know, get your stuff, get to the deal, get to your drive, get to your hotel. And I was physically tired. So I got to my hotel, and I thought, you know, I, I probably should pray in tongues to get ready for the service. I'm not trying to work something up. I'm just trying to exercise that part of me to just get me more aware of things. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't have to stop praying tongues for everything all the time. I'm just making myself. So I walked the floor. Shekra, Damba, Changa, Braga, Damba. Boring is all get out. Supernaturally boring. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm walking the floor. Pranga, Bada. I mean, I don't feel like praying. I'm not going, Woohoo! here we go. I feel it. I'm in my hotel room, walking the floor. Branga, steda, banga. Because I know what the Bible says. Prakadeda, shiro, bragadeya, banga. I'm using that part of me that has absolute 100% access to God. I'm making that part of me that hears from Him, senses Him. My flesh doesn't sense Him. It's good when it does, when that glory is there and you do. But I don't care if I ever sense Him. I've got a part of me that walks with Him, hears from Him all the time. So I'm building up that part of me to get me more ready. I'm building up that spirit man. And the devil, devil started talking to me. He says, what are you doing? You're not accomplishing anything. I said, devil, I know that's you. You're a liar because the Bible says I'm building up myself on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Because the devil will never encourage you to pray in tongues. <laughs> I've never heard the, whole, the devil go, wow, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. No. You start praying in tongues and you'll think about every single thing that you need to do in the next 40 years. It'll supernaturally flash before your eyes. I've got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. You're like, wow. Well, no, you, you want to shut that off and you want to hear from heaven. So I'm just praying in tongues. I wasn't expecting anything. I'm just building myself up. I'm just exercising. I'm spiritually exercising my spirit. All of a sudden I have this vision. In this vision, I thought it was going to be 10 years later, 15 years later, I don't know. I was in this service and I saw a man with a, a khaki pants and a white shirt. Had his hair pulled around back like that, shaved on the sides like that. And I knew that he was called to preach. And in the vision, I knew that his family was coming against him like they wanted to stone him. And he didn't think it was worth it. Well, I thought, well, you know, Lord, I'll see this guy a few years from now. I don't know when I'll see him. I, I get in that service the next morning. <laughs> wow. And uh, it comes time to preach, you know, and I'm kind of doing all the Elvis stuff, trying to wake everybody up. He's coming again. Just preach as hard as I can, trying to wake everybody up. 
start, start going a little bit, and all of a sudden I look over there, and there's that guy right there. Middle of the meeting, I said, hey, I thought I'd see him seven or eight years, maybe ten years later. I said, hey, buddy. I said, you're called to preach. I said, the hand of the Lord is upon you. I said, you know, let the dogs bark. The train keeps right on rolling. I said, you got people coming against you trying to make it seem like it's not worth it, but it is worth it. He began to bawl. After the service, he walked up to me and said, before the service, I told God, Father, if I don't hear from you today, I don't know what I'm going to do because it doesn't seem like it's worth it. Well, see, God knows everything and he wants to help us. Jesus didn't function from his natural walk. He functioned from a heavenly walk. So let's look at this. Let's go just a little further. Just hang with me just a couple more minutes. Let's, let's watch and see how he says it will happen. Look at verse 29. Mm. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate that we would be conformed to the image of some weak, wimpy, dead church. No, oh, that's wrong. Very good. He's, he's predestined us that we'd be conformed to the image of his son. So he's already thought this out that you're going to learn to cooperate with God and walk in that realm so much that you look just like Jesus. Amen. This is what happens, though, in Acts chapter 2, and I can't believe I'm going to do this now, but Acts chapter 2, you get this Holy Ghost that comes on you in spite of your frailties or faults. You get this this clothing, this glory on you. It would be just like right now... uh, you know, years ago I'd preach in, in Europe, you know, and you'd preach in Italy or you'd preach in Paris or Germany, whatever. You never sightsee because you preach three hours in the morning and then you do a deal in the afternoon and you do an open meeting at night. So you don't go see anything. You basically go to Europe and you're, or Philippines and you don't go sightseeing. But one time I was in England and uh, I had a day in between something. I said, I'm going to go check out the suits there on Savile Row. So I went into the, the suit shop, you know, and this is what the guy says to me. I said, what makes your suit ballistic, man? I want to make it where it'll last forever. And he goes, well, let's tell you what we'll do. And he started messing with me. He goes, I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll, we'll tuck your, your armholes here. And he goes, we'll pull your right shoulder up. Because he, he, this is what he said to me. He goes, you're afflicted. I said, well, thank you. God bless you. <laughs> he goes, you're afflicted. I said, what? He goes, you're, you have no right shoulder. Because, see, I've thrown a ball all my life. So my right shoulder hangs down like that. So when you put your suit on, you have all this extra material. So he's going to pull that up. To, to tighten that up there, and I'm going, what's this guy doing? And I said, I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm trying to make you look taller and thinner. <laughs> I said, buddy, I, I told him that thing. I am the right weight. I'm just not the right height. Hallelujah. I said, if you can make me look taller and thinner, we're getting a suit. So, so that's what happens. He starts messing with me, telling me what he's going to do, and I instantly start seeing that's what happened in Acts chapter 2. You can learn the laws of the Spirit, but what happened in Acts 2 is this glory came on you. It's called clothing from heaven. In spite of your faults, your frailties, or your weakness, you're covered in this glory that, that makes up for your weakness. Yeah, it just does. Because Jesus said, you're going to be endued. Now watch, what if I did this? Man, I can't believe I'm going to do this. But What if I did this today? If I came in tonight and... It's kind of scary. Let's say I came in like this, and uh, let's say I walked in. You know, I get my suit back from the cleaners, or no, I get my suit back from the alteration guy, and I don't try it on. You know, I get home and I, and I, I take it to a service, and I walk in and go, "Hey, man, what's this? Is not right. This is." I'd go, "Something's up with my tailor." <laughs> Hello, my tailor doesn't know what's going on. But see, that's the way most of the church looks. He's predestined that you'd be altered. 
He, most of the church just looks like that. They, they, they have it on them to a certain degree, but God wants to tailor you up. He wants to fit you. That's right, Joe. He, does. <laughs> he, 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 he doesn't want the world to see your frailty. He wants the world to see Jesus. Yeah. And my friend, we can get into these truths to where our whole life is a representation of the Son of God. Now he tells you what will happen here, and this will tell you how we do it. Still glad you came? Yeah. Verse 30, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. Now this verse right here tells you that God's calling you to walk in this realm. Now most people are going, man, I wish I could kind of push in and walk in miracles. I wish I could push in and get in that realm. He said here, you're already called there. Look it up in the Greek. He said, he sought you out. You didn't call him, he called you. Yeah. Because most people are pushing, how can I get into this realm like this? He's already called you there. Yes. Now, what is your calling? As an ambassador for Christ. Yes. Now, what does an ambassador do? He functions from the strength of his country. Yes. See, you're, 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 you're a stranger in a pilgrim. You're just buzzing through America. Yes. Come on, buzzing through the earth. Yes. You're functioning from a heavenly place. Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> I was overseas in, in Bangkok, and I saw this elaborate building. I said, what's that? U.S. Embassy. Oh, that's cool. That's the most elaborate building I've seen. You, know, you get over in England. England's got some elaborate buildings in London. What's that? that? Well, that was a cool building. What is that? U.S. Embassy. Paris. You go down the Champs-Élysées, and there's this cool building. I thought, what in the world is that that's so ornate? The U.S. Embassy. The strength of our nation has sent an ambassador there. God has sent you here as an ambassador. You don't function from these laws on the earth. You function from some heavenly laws. Come on now. You, you go, go through security through the airport. I would love to have diplomatic immunity. I mean, what goes on now, you almost feel like you're engaged to somebody as much as they mess with you. I go, are we dating? What's up with this? You know what I mean? You go through security, I don't know you. You know, what's up with this? So it's so bizarre but wouldn't it be great to bypass all that Mickey Mouse stuff and have yeah. diplomatic immunity where you're not subject to that? Yeah. My friend, you're not subject to all the Mickey Mouse stuff on the earth where someone would be in worry and be with fear. You'd go, no, no, I'm an ambassador from another land. I've got some laws that come with my life. I've got some laws that come with with everything I'm doing. I can supersede this stuff. So, well, we don't know what we're going to do about the economy. I know exactly what I'm going to do about the economy. I'll speak to my job. I'll speak to my finances. I'll supersede that with the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. I've never seen an ambassador get to a country and go, oh, this ain't good. How are we going to pull this off? No, he's got a nation backing him. You've been sent out. You're called that. That's your calling. And the next one there, he said, you're justified. Now, God didn't just forgive you of your sin. He justified you. You're not just forgiven. He made you perfect. Yes. Yes. Romans talks about it. You have access by, by faith into this grace. What grace? He was talking about Abraham and Sarah. That, that's all they knew. And, and they were too old to have kids, and they got a miracle. That grace is so powerful that you can supersede nature. My friend, God's looking for a group of people that will take everything that Jesus said to us and not question it, but absolutely do it. So you're called, you're justified, and the last one here is you're glorified. Man, that's radical. So see, what, are those, what does that verse give you? Three points to give you boldness to say, I'm going to function from this realm. Because we think, well, man, Elijah could function with that realm. Man, he's a prophet in the Old Testament. Woo-hoo, function. Elijah would dream of being called, justified, and glorified. 
You'll get to heaven, Elijah is going to go, what was it like to have God in you everywhere you went? Woo, hallelujah. You're going to go check it out. Let me show you. Now go over to John. Go over to John 17. Here we go, John 17. Look over that for just a minute. We'll close right now. Help me, Jesus. All right, we'll go all night. Hallelujah. I love how hungry you guys are, man. You just preach forever. <laughs> Remember what that one guy says? You don't need a watch, you need a calendar. Hallelujah. <laughs> we won't do that. We won't, we won't do that. Okay, look at this last one. You're called. You could get into a lot of verses. Because about your justification, he says in, in Isaiah that uh, oppression would be far from you. Oppression would be far from you. It's hard to walk in that realm if you're feeling oppressed all the time. Your righteousness and your justification makes you where oppression doesn't come near you. He said it's far from you. Because most people in the world, they look around the U.S. of A., it's a victim mentality. It's, it's like it's an entitlement mentality, a victim mentality. Well, I grew up wrong, blah, blah. It's all that. And you find out that you're justified. It, it produces in you a mentality of oppression doesn't come near you to where you're thinking right. Righteousness, you're established. You're made to stand. That's why he said, I've called you there. I've justified you. And then this last one is, he said, I've glorified you. So look at John 17. Look at John 17 for a second. Look over there at verse 16. John 17, verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. He said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Well, I like verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. If you look that up in the Greek, it means parallel. That you, He sent you out to where you could walk by Jesus and they couldn't tell your works from His works that they're identical. You walk beside each other and the trail of, of fruit behind your life is exactly like Jesus's. Just as Jesus was sent into the world, you were sent into the world. Now, I'm just going to say this. Just as Jesus came to display the Father, He has sent you out to display Jesus yes. in the same measure. Just as people tried to get a hold of the hem of Jesus' garment, they should try to get a hold of the hem of your garment. Yes. Yes. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I'll go on. It's actually cool in the parking lot. I'll go out there and preach for a while. It's actually still light, nice and cool, a, a beautiful summer evening. No? We, we sometimes don't want to hear that because that defies religion. Religion says you can't attain to that. You don't attain to it. You're born to it. Right. We talked about it before we came in. How many know you're a male or female? <laughs> I mean, how weird would that be uh, if someone's a male? I, I just really don't know if I'm a male. Well, hello. You ought to be able to tell if you're male or female. We'll pray for you after the service. But, but when it comes to walking in this realm as a son, we question it. Don't question it just like you wouldn't question whether you're male or female. I need something to throw. Where's the water? Time to throw water. Here we go. All right, let's, let's go here a little bit further. Closing right now, closing right now, closing right now. Here we go. You, got, you guys are the most easy people to preach to. You're so hungry. Wow. All right, here we go. I like verse 20. Neither I pray for these alone, but for them also which will believe on me and Boise through their word. Wow. So he's talking about you and me. That they may all... Be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one, even as we are one of. This is the glory, I in them, thou in me, that they be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you, is, that you have sent me, and that you love them as much as you love me. Now, see, the glory he's talking about here, you can't get much more glory than that voice that came from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. 
And he said, just as the Father glorified him, he said, the world will know. Wow. That because of how much he loves you. Now see, perfect love casts out fear. So there, there is a walk for the believer to where the glory of God's piece of cake, to where we're not yielding to the flesh like how do we figure out how to fix this, we do just like Jesus did. We use the Word. We use the Spirit. We use our authority. We use the name of Jesus. And we don't go to our other plan A, B, C, and D last. We do God's way first. And the more we do that consciously, guess what happens? You start getting comfortable flowing from that place to where it's your nature to function as a son of God. Rather than going, well, I'm a believer and I'm saved and I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost and I'm trying to learn these things. No, you go, no, 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 no. I'm led by the Spirit of God. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it makes me free from the law of sin and death. Ooh, hallelujah. I'm quickened of the Spirit. I tend to the things of the Spirit. I, I go to my Father, hi, Dad, how's it going? Hallelujah. And then you, 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 you access this as the sons of God are made manifest in the last days so the earth could see a forerunner to the millennial reign of Christ that the believer would so have a display that the earth could look back and go, we saw what the kingdom was like right before the physical, visible manifestation of the kingdom was. I believe the young people will do it first. They'll just be so bold to go, no, I decree arms grow back. I decree eyes set back in socket. I decree. And there's no limitation of the fear of man. Zero fear of man. Hallelujah. Let me read this to you, then we'll stop. I don't know if I have this, but you, you know this is so good. It's in Aramaic, so I'm going to have to have someone interpret it. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So easy to have fun in your church, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Colleen, my wife, said, said, you sure act crazy there. There's just because everybody's happy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Some churches, everybody's... (laughs) Listen to this. I know you know this, and, and I'll do this real short, but I want you to hear this. This is so cool. You know this and probably heard it a thousand times. This will bless you. Just let this kind of sink down in your heart, and then we'll dismiss. Now, this is who called you. This is who justified you. This is who glorified you. Genesis sees the seed of a woman. Exodus sees the Passover lamb. Leviticus sees our high priest. Numbers sees a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he's our kinsman and redeemer. First and Second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. Kings and Chronicles, he's our reigning king. Ezra, he's our faithful scribe. Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. It's amazing how he covers everything. And Esther, he's our Mordecai. And Job, he's our ever-living redeemer, for I know my redeemer lives. In Psalms, he's our shepherd. Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he's the lover and bridegroom. Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. Jeremiah, the righteous branch. Lamentations, he's our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in life's fiery furnaces. I like this. Hosea, he's the faithful husband, forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he's the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amos, he's our burden bearer. Obadiah, mighty to save. Jonah, he's our great foreign missionary. Micah, he's the messenger of beautiful feet. Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. Habakkuk, he's God's evangelist crying. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. And Zephaniah, he's our savior. Haggai, the restorer of God's lost heritage. And Zechariah, he's the fountain open up in the house of David for sin and uncleanness. Malachi, he's the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. Matthew, he's the Messiah. Mark, 
Boy, this is also good. I'm almost going to have to scream here. Matthew, he's the Messiah. Mark, he's the wonder worker. Luke, he's the son of man. John, he's the son of God. Acts, he's the Holy Ghost. Romans, he's the justifier. Corinthians, he's the sanctifier. Galatians, he's the redeemer from the curse of the law. And Ephesians, he's the Christ of unsearchable riches. Philippians, he's the God who supplies all of our needs. Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. First and second Thessalonians, he's our soon coming king. And Timothy, he's the mediator between God and man. Titus, he's our faithful pastor. And Philemon, he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Wow. Hebrews, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. James, he's our great physician. The prayer of faith will save the sick. First and second Peter, he's our chief shepherd who soon shall appear with a crown of unfading glory. First, second, third John, he's love. Jude. Wow, he's coming back with 10,000 of his saints. In Revelations, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is who called you. This is who called you. He's the lily of the valley. Oh, come on now. He's, he, he's come on, he's, he's Paul's shadow. He's Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons. He's Stephen's signs and wonders. Oh, come on now. This is who, who set you out to be like you are. He's the author of life. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. You think about when you lived, 2011. We were talking about this all at lunch today, about how close we are to the coming of the Lord. Maybe five years, maybe ten years, twenty years, thirty years. But I know it's very, very, very soon. God has set your life up to, to learn this, utilize this, and to literally visibly represent Jesus everywhere you go. Watch God open doors for you to be a vessel and to be a blessing. He'll bring people across your path we were eating the other night, and a lady came walking up to us. What was uh, She was a Jewish lady, and she just came walking up to us as we were eating dinner. Pastor Mark and Amy and Colleen were eating dinner, and she just walked up. She said, are you speaking a different language? Isn't that what she said? So we're standing there talking to her, and I could tell she was Jewish. And, uh, and so she asked if you were from Sweden or Norway and asked about her where everybody's from. So we're sitting there talking to her for a minute, and I was waiting for the right minute you know, to, to find out what the deal was. And as she walked away, I said, man, I've got to go talk to her. And uh, I talked to her about Jesus. I, she had gone to the restroom. She was getting ready to go out and be in the van. So God will set your life up. He'll, set your, he, he'll put people across your path. Wow. To where you'll say just the right words that they need to hear to be born again. And you watch, man. You talk about people coming to church. You have an explosion. Your whole church, there is a, there's a momentum to do the will of God. So guess what? You're called. You're justified. And you're glorified. You don't have to work your way into that realm. You're already there. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes.